Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. Praise God. Woo! Disclaimer. Disclaimer, right from the start. English is my second language. Spanish is my first language. I lived in New York. I lived in the Dominican Republic. So you won't figure out my accent. All right? So I'm excited to be here today. I'm really humbled. Uh, for the opportunity to bring the word of God today, live like Jesus. And we're going to be talking today about leave a legacy and an inheritance. Um, and I think this is so powerful uh, as a father. And you're going to know a little bit about my story because I feel like my story um, will actually help explain or, or, or give you like a, something to actually hear and kind of envision of what leaving a legacy and an inheritance here on earth. I mean, Pastor John talked about last week about living an abundant life and how we could do that here right now. And I believe that so many people think that the, the promises of God are something that comes afterwards. But the promises of God are things that we can actually live, live right now in this moment. All right. So we're going to get through this. Uh, you guys help me out. Like I said, I've been in a Hispanic church all my life, so this is different for me. First time I preach in English. Um, so, you know, people that speak Spanish, I don't know if, if there's anybody that speaks Spanish up there. Anybody? Somebody's there? Okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you have to translate in your head and all that good stuff. Uh, so just bear with me, okay? Um, if you guys can help me with one thing, though, in the Hispanic church, we usually do quien vive, which means who lives, right? Quien vive, who lives, and then we say Christ, Cristo, okay? So throughout my, my sermon, I want you to do that with me so I can, you know, kind of feel a little bit at home if you could do that for me, <laughs> all right? So I'm going to be throughout my sermon, who lives, and you're going to say, oh, my God, they got, they got the accent and everything, they you guys probably been to Mexico for vacation and all that good stuff. Quien vive? Oh, they got it on Spanish this time. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to say it in Spanish. Quien vive? Oh, Lord. Yes. All right. So let's, let's get started with this sermon, all right? Um, Live like Jesus, leave a legacy and an inheritance. So I'm pretty big with words. I like to kind of bring the definitions out. I think there's something powerful with words. Pastor Dwayne thinks the same thing. He shows up at the gym with acronym words on his T-shirt with definitions across. Shout out to Pastor Dwayne. So to live is to pass life in a specific manner. Okay? So a lot of people uh, past life in depression, confusion, 
lonely, and even feeling dead. Right? Like is to have the same characteristic or qualities as similar to, right? So we all know that the culture and society has been trying to shape us. Okay? And Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus kind of ties everything I said before, right? He ties it in a knot, you know? And we can actually see how the right way to live and knowing the path, the way, the truth, the actual model has always been Christ. Okay? So I told you that my story was going to be part of this message. And uh, I just have to go in, you know, and tell you a little bit about myself. You know, I was born in Jamaica, Queens, New York, 1986. I'm going to turn 35 in July. I know I look, I'm in my 20s. You know? No alcohol. No late nights. No parties. Look at this. All right? Take notes. Take notes. Live like Jesus. Look young. Live a long life. All right? So, born in 1986, Jamaica, Queens, New York. My mom, my father, which was an alcoholic, abusive, and I was two years old when my mom was going through depression, going through a rough stage in her life. I mean, my father would cheat on her. You know, he would come home drunk, um, just abusive, terrible. So she's there, two young kids, in a country where she doesn't speak the language. She's an immigrant, doesn't have a job, doesn't even know where to start. So she kind of feels tied down, right, to that relationship. So it gets to a point where she even considered suicide. And it was my brother, which was four, three and a half or four at the time, when she was in front of that window that kind of pulled her back. So I just want you to get an idea of what my story was like. Growing up in a situation where I knew something was lacking, I knew something was missing, I was anxious, I was depressed, even as a young state, but I didn't even know because it was just the way I lived. I didn't know anything different. I didn't see anything different. And my mom makes the decision after that to actually send us off to Dominican Republic, where I'm there with my grandmother and my grandfather. And there, my grandfather is also abusive, also heavily drinks, I'm talking about giving a, a, a two-year-old rum in a bottle. I'm talking about when I was a bit older, riding my bike, going to where my grandfather used to drink, the bar, and he would be with a woman on his lap, playing domino, drinking, and I would go by, and it was normal for me. That was the model I had. Right? So, when I'm living a life where all the men that I see or I might look up to, because I looked up to them. I mean, they were my father and my grandfather, right? I kind of looked up to them. I respected them. And that was the way of life that I saw. Didn't know anything else. Right? So, it gets to a point where 
Jesus comes knocking at my door. And when Jesus comes knocking at my door, and I mean, I'm talking about a father that never called me for a birthday. I'm talking about a father that when I was in Dominican Republic was never there. Um, and then when I got older and I came back to the States, also the environment I was living on. I mean, I lived in Jamaica. That probably doesn't mean anything to some people here. But I was living in Jamaica, Queens, New York, 149th Street. Um, very bad neighborhood. Drugs, murders. I mean, I will, go, I will walk up to my stairs and just see a junkie there with the, with the needle in their arm. So it was tough growing up and seeing all this. But to me, like I said, it was normal. Seeing all that was normal. Seeing a father that cheated was normal. Seeing somebody that just heavily drank was normal. Seeing people in, in substance abuse was normal. That's all I saw. Right? So even going to school, I felt like that anxiety. I felt that depression. I just felt terrible. I didn't even want to go to school. You know, going to a school, and I'm talking about this was before, uh, a little bit after 9-11, but even before 9-11, that school had metal detectors, x-ray machines. You had to take your shoes off, clap them upside down, because they would actually bring contraband inside those schools. Talk about knives, drugs, guns. The vice principal got stabbed while I was going to the school. By students. Never went once to the bathroom. I'm trying to paint a picture here. That's how I grew up. That's where I lived. And the only thing that actually saved me from that the only thing that actually just opened a way for a change was Christ. Imagine this, imagine this, imagine this guy, me, <clears throat> going to my high school right in the morning, 7 a.m., walking through the park, the neighborhood park, and seeing your father laying there, soiled on himself, picking him up, missing classes, and taking him back to his apartment, which he can afford because he had rented all the rooms. I don't know if you know the, the city lifestyle, but rent is very expensive. You have to have roommates. So Jesus comes to my life. And that's where the generational curse ended. When you live like Jesus, the effects and the outcome will be evident for people to see, for people to model. Legacy and inheritance will take place by us receiving first what the Father has done, which is establish our inheritance in Christ. Knowing that we can reestablish our relationship with the Father is the starting point to living a legacy. And Jesus is the example of being a good son to a good father. Our God is a God of inheritance. I just love to see how in the Bible we hear about that lineage. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, how many have heard or read God of Abraham, God of Isaac, 
God of Jacob. Well, after hearing my story, I have two children. One is two. One is seven. And after hearing my story, and after they hear my story, because I even tell them, I sit them down and I tell them, your grandfather isn't here because he bumped his head while he was drunk. Next thing you know, he had a tumor because he never got it checked out. He died when I was 20. Not alive. My grandfather, dead as well. And I tell them this story. And they're going to be able to hear this story. But the most wonderful thing is what they will see. They will be able to see a loving father. They will be able to see a loving husband. And that's where my legacy and inheritance starts. See, they will be able to say, not just God of Abraham, God of Asaac, God of Jacob, but the God of my father. They will be able to say, the God of my father. Who lives? Yes. Can be me. That's right. I'm doing this right here because this is a testimony that he does live I could have been dead I could have been an alcoholic right now divorced I'm about to go 10 years strong the 30th of this month with my wife with my family and I get emotional because it really hits home so God the Father. See, people will witness the things God has done and will continue to do in my life and in your life. I know I'm not the only one with a story like that. I know there's people that have worse stories than the one I have. You might not have might not been in a situation like that, but maybe you're going through something right now in this moment. But just know that God has a way out. Just know that God is a God of legacy and inheritance. That what happened in the beginning in the Garden of Eden, he already had a plan for so that we could reestablish and have sonship. I would have never gone through my life without knowing I had a father, a real father, a father I could model. A father that gave his life for me, for you, for each and every one that is here. A father that loved me. That with the simplest thing, showed me that he was there. With the simplest thing. Even when my mom told me that story, I knew it wasn't just my brother that was holding her back. God was there. He was there and he's in your life too. Though he was God, this is Ephesians, uh, Philippians, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 6. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took 
the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and underneath earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why did I use this verse? I use this verse because it shows how a legacy and inheritance starts by something. See, God didn't cling on to being God. But sometimes we decide to cling on to our pain. Sometimes we decide to cling on to our past. Sometimes we decide to cling on to depression, to anxiety, to all these things that are an outcome of a story like the one I just told you. I could have cling on to I never had a father. I could have cling on to I had a rough life. I could have cling on to so many other things. But I let go. And just like Christ let go of being God and actually becoming a slave. See, the difference between, between that exchange is that I don't care if you had your father and your mother. And what I mean by this, I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I don't care if you had a father and mother. I don't care if you had a, a, what we call a perfect household. At the end of the day, there is always something missing. At the end of the day, there's always a void. At the end of the day, you have people that show a, a perfect family. or But if you don't have Christ in the middle of it, if you don't have a foundation in God, in the rock, that will fall apart. You might project something great. People might see something great. But we all know that in the inside, things are not right. Things are wrong. And most of the times because we're clinging on. See, the exchange is not even fair. And he didn't cling on. He was God, all-powerful, almighty. And he became flesh so that he could reestablish an inheritance, give us sonship, so we could be adopted children of God. It's not even a fair exchange. But most of the time, we decide to cling on. Once you let go, your legacy and your inheritance will start right then and there. Once you let go and accept what he has done for you, because it's as simple as that. Because he didn't cling on, we can now be called sons of God. So what are you clinging on to right now? He didn't cling on to all that good stuff. Oh, he was in heaven, man. You know? <laughs> and we struggle to exchange our sorrow for happiness. We struggle to exchange slavery for freedom. We struggle. And you know why? Sometimes we don't feel worthy. Worthy. 
was talking with somebody the other day, and they told me how they struggled to even receive gifts. How they even struggled to receive good compliments. Because in them, or, or while they were growing up, they were always called worthless. They were, people would always say negative things to them, and they grow up. And, and it's like, now even though things might be better, they still are clinging on to a past. They still are clinging on to negative declarations over the life by their parents, by family members, by whoever. People that were abused. People that haven't been able to forgive. And when you cling on to that, unfortunately, you're not really accepting what God has done for you. And I want you to know today, just embrace it. Just accept it. I know it might be hard. I know it might be a bit of a bad way at first. You'll get accustomed to the good life. We always do. And living in Christ is the good life. Is the good life. See, my children will know what it is and have an example of God being with them. And they will understand that this doesn't mean that things are just going to be great. That doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you. That doesn't mean that wrong things won't happen to us. But the reality is that the end result with the Father will always be good. And provide abundant life that we can start enjoying here and right now. Part of that abundant life is to give and create value. I just love it how there's so many successful men. So many successful women in business today. Um, for example, Jeff. My friend Jeff. Bezos. Billionaire. Jeffy. No, I'm, I'm not related to him. I don't, I don't really know him. But uh, one of the things that I've read, I've read an article. And, of course, uh, we're supposed to take the good and just discard the bad. I know that everything they do is not great. Uh, but they use certain principles, man, principles that we find in the Bible. And these men are reaping things. From principles that belong to us. This guy said, because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he stepped down from being a CEO to pursue other stuff. See some heads shaking. But in that article that he read, that, that he, uh, the speech that he gave or the article he sent out to his people, um, I found something interesting. I like to read. Read every night. You should do that too. It says, do I create more than I consume in my relationship, in my professional life, and in the business I'm running? Jeff Bessel's founder of Amazon advises people to ask themselves these three questions. And Paul tells us in Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. 
Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but, the in- but each of you to be the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Jesus added value everywhere he went. Jesus added value everywhere he went. And we should be doing the same thing. Because that's part of leaving a legacy and an inheritance through Christ. Modeling and imitating him. Right? See, he didn't treat people according to who they were. He always treated people according to who he was. And the culture nowadays, they want us to treat people according to who they are. According to what they can give to us. According to what we can get from them. And I experienced this firsthand. I was in Miami uh, a couple of weekends back. And uh, like Pastor John said, I'm, I'm also in the music business, the Christian music business. And um, a friend of mine asked me for a favor. He's a secular artist. He, he asked me for a favor to go with him to Miami so that he can, uh, so I could take a look at his contract and something like that. He's about to sign uh, a record deal. And I went to Miami with him. And while I was there, the first thing that the people that were going to sign him, uh, you know, we get to the airport, they had a, a sprinter. One of the Mercedes Sprinter, big ones, like those tour thing. Um, you know, I open. I'm like, yo, this is dope. Got the lights and everything. Um, so they were saying you need to project greatness. You need to project like you already made it. You need to project like you already have it. So they put us in a big house. They even had a McLaren there for us. Yeah, I drove a McLaren. I did. I did. Got the launch mode. It just... It's crazy. It's an experience. It's an experience. But, and I could see how people would see me different or see us different when we stepped out of the car. When we stepped out of the, of the, of the Sprinter. People will look at you different. They will even treat you different. See, and that's what the Bible speaks about when it talks about Romans 12 2. The renewing of your mindset. Do, do not conform. I'm paraphrasing here. Do not conform to this world, but renew your mindset. That should not be going on with the people of God. We should not be treating people for titles. For who they are, for what they have, for what we think we could get from them. We need to treat people according to who we are. That is part of a legacy and inheritance through Christ. He was God. And he got on his knees and and cleaned his disciples' feet. Are we willing to do that? Always add value to the relationships you're in. Always add value to to the business you're in. Always add value because at the end of the day, who you're representing is God. At the end of the day, who you're representing is your father. I remember growing up, like if I did something wrong, people wouldn't say, oh, that's Edward. No. They would say, 
that is so-and-so's son. See, we want people to believe in Christ. And the inheritance and the legacy he left, the purpose, it, 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 just, it just flows through us. So we're supposed to be representing something. We're supposed to be treating people for who we are in Christ. Because it's not even by who we are, because we're terrible. Yes. Somebody does something to us and we're upset, we don't even want to talk to them. You know? So that's why we need to renew our mindset and always see through the lens of Christ. Always. As a, as a, as a father, like I said, leaving a legacy and inheritance to my kids was one of the most important things. Because my father died and I always felt like I was behind in life. That's how I felt. I'm like, man, I ain't getting nothing. I ain't nothing. I had to pay for, for the dude's funeral. He had nothing in his bag. He had nothing. I mean, me and my brother had to spend money. I'm like, even dead he's taking from us. You can laugh. It's fine. <laughs> Can't be it. There you go. You're awake. Even in death, he was taking from me. I was like, <laughs> you know what the crazy thing? I, I, I used to be a Virginia Beach police officer. Um, and I joined when I was, in 2007, I joined the police department, Virginia Beach. Um, and uh, I left like around 2014. I did like seven years. And uh, while I was there, I actually had got the notice that my father passed away while I was doing uh, firearm qualifications. And I remember I was in the line getting ready to shoot, and the instructor stops everything, calls me out. I thought I was in trouble. And then he tells me, hey, you have a phone call. I go back. Boom, I pick up the is my brother. He's like, yo, Poppy died. I was like, wow. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, man, so what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. I'm going to fly to DR. And I said, well, I'm in training, man. I'm not, I'm not going to go to DR. Because if I leave now, I'm going to have to start the academy again. I was already like almost six months in. So he's like, all right, bro. I'll see you home. Cool. Instructor was like, we're really sorry. You know, you could take a break. You could go home. You know, you could, could take up a couple of weeks off. Um, I mean, I don't want to throw this at you right now, but it is going to affect because we only have two weeks left. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm about to go do my qualifications. That, that sounds cold, right? Sounds like very harsh and cold. And But that's what happens when you don't leave a legacy. That's what happens when you leave an inheritance. And I, have forg I forgave him. 
I forgave him and I had love for him. But I never, he, I never saw him as a father. I really didn't know him. That's, that's what happens. See, and I don't, I, I didn't want that for my family. So I was, I was pretty big on, I need to leave something to my children. I need to love my children. I need to love my wife. I need to, I was passionate about that. And I am passionate about it. It's like God made it work for good. Because now, nobody has to tell me, stop doing what you're doing to spend time with your kids. Nobody needs to tell me, don't surprise your wife with something. Nobody needs to tell me that because... There was a hunger so great in my life to have a family that when I was holding that baby boy in my arms, Israel, which was my firstborn, I'm like, I'll give my life for you. And that's when it really hit me, people. That's when it really hit me. I'm like, how did this man just bounce and abandon us this way? I'm like, I would give my life for you. And what I felt was the love of God the Father. And he's telling you right now, I will give my life for you. I know he already did. But there's a power in knowing that he will still give his life for you right now. He will do it again just for you. Not just the world. You. Individually. You. Who lives? Okay. Okay. So we can only be righteous through Christ. We can only fulfill leaving a legacy and inheritance through Christ. I can leave my, my children land. I can leave my children money. I can leave my children um, big, hefty trust funds or, you know, I can have an insurance, my life insurance, which I do, so I won't have to pay for anything. You'll probably have a little extra left over. But leaving all these materialistic things, these are all extras. Extras. And one of the things that I've learned is that if there isn't a strong foundation Putting extra stuff on something will make it collapse. So we want to leave our kids the extra. And if they have the extra without the strong foundation, it won't be a blessing to them. It won't be a blessing to them. So we need to really focus. And really understand what the true purpose of being a Christian here on earth is. Proverbs 10, 10.22 says the following. The blessings of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. What the wicked dread will overtake them. What the righteous desire will be granted. 
And here I see something very, very significant, very powerful. It says, when the righteous desire will be granted. Like I said, we can only be righteous through Christ, right? And it's actually by accepting his love, accepting his mercy, accepting who we are in him. And having that covering. That's the way I see it. I imagine it like I'm walking around with a covering right now. That covering from Christ. And because of that, I'm righteous. But God only gives things to people that are prepared to have them. Not just want them. It says here, the righteous desire will be granted. But you have, you have to have the, the righteous thing before. Right? You have, it's like, even when you read it, it's like you have to jump back. God doesn't give you things because you want it or you ask for it. God gives you things when you're prepared for it. Because he doesn't want those things that he might give you to bring pain or toil. There's nothing more difficult than actually wanting something, receiving it, and feeling more depressed and more anxious and more dead than before. Because that's what happens. When we receive things in our heart and we're still clinging on to our past and clinging on to all this other stuff, that's what happens. See, The right way of leaving a legacy and inheritance behind. After meditating and looking at God the Father, I understood that it was only through accepting what he did. This is a quote from Dr. Jan Verbruggen, professor of Old Testament language and literature. You should give me some credit. I just said that last name. Verbruggen. Dutch. I practiced it before coming here. I'm going to say again, Verbruggen. Okay. He says, indeed, God's choice to adopt both Jews and Gentiles never was about merit, but about mercy. This is what makes God's adopted love so spectacular, that he does not choose to adopt those who deserve inclusion in his family, but rather those who deserve to be excluded from it. By God's mercy, wretched paupers, big word for me right there, are made royal heirs together with Christ. By God's mercy, wayward sinners are embraced as righteous sons. By God's mercy, those whose birth father was the devil can now call God their father. Quien vive? Quien vive? Because he lives. We have access to this. Because he lives, we are adopted sons of God. And we can reap the benefits and the, benefits and the fruits of this. Give, give, get a, give God a hand clap. I mean, that is part of the abundant life. We need to give value to every relationship we're in. And it's only through this. There's another key thing that I wanted to, to talk about. And it's in Ephesians 1, 13, 14. And it says this. In him, 
you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee to our inheritance. See, back in the day when there was no paper, when there was no pen, in antiquity, 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 that's it. I'm learning big words, man. They, they would use rings. They would use emblems to actually seal a covenant. Even when a king wanted to send a message to another king, he would give that messenger something that everybody recognized that belonged to the king. When people in the same community did a covenant, they would give that person something that everybody knew belonged to them. And it's powerful that God is giving something that belongs to him. His spirit. And when we accept his sacrifice, when we accept what the Father did for us, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and seals our legacy and inheritance through Christ. That is the guarantee. And there is no way, no way in the world that you have the Holy Spirit in you and people won't see a change. And if people are not seeing a change through you or not seeing how things are different with you, then it's because you're clinging on to something. And today God is inviting you to let go. Let go of that dark path. Let go of that, those bad experiences. Let go of what my father and mother did to me. Let go. Because those, those are the things that are detaining you right now from walking in purpose, legacy, and inheritance. Those are the things that are being an obstacle for you right now. Exchange that sorrow for happiness. Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at lifehouseonline.com or in person for a live worship service at 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. at the Kiln Creek Regal Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit lifehouseinn.com for more information or to RSVP for a live service.